Welcome to Quick Consult, the podcast that addresses the questions you are most likely to ask or should ask in a consultation with an estate planning attorney. Welcome to Quick Consult. I'm your host, Sarah Josie, an estate planning attorney licensed to practice law in Virginia and North Carolina. Today, the podcast is not going to focus on one unique question, but instead it is going to be a Mythbusters Select Law Partners edition. So let's get to the most common myths I hear about revocable trust when my estate planning clients come to see me. Myth number one, I want a revocable trust because of the tax benefits it offers me. People often confuse revocable trust with business entities. The truth is a revocable trust is not considered a separate entity from you. The IRS and every other third party that may be dealing with your trust considers you and your trust as the same person while you're living. So the trust acts as a tax conduit, meaning any gains or losses on the trust assets are passed through to you and will be taxed at your individual tax rate. This is true whether you are the only grantor or if you have a family trust and both you and your spouse are the grantors. There are no tax savings in having a revocable trust during your lifetime. There can be tax impacts associated with irrevocable trust planning, but that is a discussion for another time. Myth number two, I want a revocable trust because it will give me added creditor protection. As with the tax misconception, the creditor or asset protection misconception is very common. Again, the trust is not a separate entity from you. Therefore, you do not get any additional creditor protections when you move assets into the trust, like you would if you moved an asset into an LLC, for example. When you pass away, however, your trust does become irrevocable and your beneficiaries do get creditor and asset protections. Unfortunately, though, you do not. Myth number three. I do not want to use a revocable trust because I want to be able to change my mind in the future and trusts do not allow that flexibility. A trust is extremely flexible. As we've already seen, you and the trust are the same for legal purposes. As this is the case in life, you can change your mind. You can also change your revocable trust. This can be done at any time. Your assets can be moved into trust. Your assets can be removed from trust as you desire. You can modify your beneficiaries. You can keep your beneficiaries, but modify when they inherit or how they inherit or in what amounts. You are kept in complete control up until the date of your death. Myth number four, to avoid probate, I put my children as joint owners of my real estate. (laughs) I've bested the system. False. By putting your children or other intended beneficiaries on the deed, you have taken away the ability for the child or other beneficiary to take a full advantage of a full step up in basis upon your death. So if the real estate is left to your child via a will, a trust, a transfer on death deed, which is only available in some jurisdictions, or even intestate succession, meaning that you died without a will or any other estate planning documents, your child receives a full step up in basis, 
And if the child turns around and sells the property, the child will not pay a capital gains tax. Depending on various factors, this can be 20%. If, however, you put your child on the deed with you, they are not going to receive that same benefit. They will receive some uh, step-up benefit, but not the full step-up and basis benefit. So do not put your child on that deed with you. This is not to mention uh, that by doing so, you are also subjecting that real estate to your child or other beneficiaries, creditors as well. It's just not a good idea. Myth number five, I do not want to pay the extra expense of a revocable trust plan because it is not worth the extra money. When I say extra money, I mean extra money that it costs to draft the revocable trust plan. So first, if you have a relatively basic estate, uh, meaning there's no tax planning involved, no closely held business, the cost of the revocable trust plan over the will-based plan should not be too substantial. Second, the amount your executor will pay in probate fees and cost, and in uh, most likely having to pay an attorney to help them through the probate process alone, will likely exceed the cost of paying a little more now for a better plan. Also, even if the revocable trust plan ends up being more expensive in the long run, it has endless benefits, including immediate access to funds for your beneficiaries, creditor protections for your beneficiaries, simplified administration, incapacity planning, avoidance of ancillary probate, which is where you have to probate in your jurisdiction and another jurisdiction where that real estate is located, and the list goes on. So the cost for the more comprehensive plan will benefit you and your loved ones. That being said, there are situations where a will-based plan can work well, so be sure to discuss those with your attorney. But if your attorney believes a trust-based plan is appropriate for you, chances are the cost paid now will be worth it. So I hope you found these MythBusters about revocable trust helpful. Uh, we will, I will try to do another one uh, regarding other aspects of estate planning in the future, uh, but for now I'll leave it here. So until next time, I'm Sarah Josie, wishing you and your family all the best wishes and health, and of course, the best planning. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit selectlawpartners.com. The information in this episode is provided for general informational purposes only and may not reflect the current law in your jurisdiction. You understand that there is no attorney-client relationship between you and the host or any select law partner's attorneys. No information contained in this episode should be construed as legal advice from the host or select law partners, nor is it intended to be a substitute for legal counsel on any subject matter.